and welcome to the Friars on the Farm podcast. My name is Donovan Jones, and today we are joined very special guest here, Kevin Charity from Mad Friars, filling in for uh, for Roy, who's uh, he's married now. Yeah, that's crazy. My condolences to him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we'll all be married and batting lead off and breaking news. Um, Francisco Mejia has been called up to the big league club, the uh, 21st overall MLB pipeline. Uh, Mejia uh, prospect uh, has been sent up to the big leagues. Yeah, um, a little bit of a surprise. I think, obviously, when he was acquired, it it kind of looked like he was going to be the catcher of the future and kind of question you know it brings questions to Austin Hedges um so I, I my assumption was being that El Paso is in the playoffs he was going to be there for the majority of the of the season and play there until El Paso was eliminated um so it's it's kind of a surprise um he's supposedly supposed to get a start tomorrow uh when they make their trip to Cincinnati and I think the biggest storyline on that is going to be how much playing time he takes away from Austin Hedges and you know the guy's a legitimate prospect that can hit um he slugged almost 600 in El Paso in his brief time there. Um, he kind of came on to my radar back in 2016 uh, when he was with the Indians organization. He had a 50-game hitting streak as a catcher. Um, Largest, was, longest streak in 62 years. Yeah, like that. and when you have a catcher like that that can hit, um, it's, it's a rare thing. And the fact that they got him for two relievers makes it even – uh, just crazy, but you know Mejia's overall numbers. You know Donovan has them right here: five eighty-two slugging percentage in thirty-one games with El Paso. Well, and, um, and both that that call up and the Luis Urias call up was kind of weird because you you know last time when they had the core four playing in the playoffs for the right. El Paso Chihuahuas, everyone's thinking, well, they're you know the debate on Twitter was. But they don't. What value was it for having them in the playoffs in the first place when they came with the big league club? It's a different ball game. And then Urias is brought up, and then Mejia is brought up. Yeah. Every time that you think that the Padres organization <laughs> has a strategy, you need to they throw you a curveball. Um, because you know, back in 2016, when the team won the PCL championship, it was about you heard a lot of the kind of the hyperbole of I guess it's how I call it, hyperbole of you know. Renfro and, and Margot and those guys getting the experience because those guys were going to be core players, the Swahe to a certain extent. Um, the fact that you have two of the best prospects in all of baseball, I mean, two of the top 30 right there. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you decide to bring up the big leagues, which I, I'm for. I, I think it's a much better thing. It's just kind of interesting because maybe they could have helped El Paso win a championship. Now El Paso's got other veterans down there. Um, so I don't think it's going to necessarily deter them from winning a championship, but I, I think I'm definitely more excited to see him in the big leagues for sure. Absolutely, you know he he hit 328, 364, and a 582 with seven homers in 31 games. Now that's more homers than he hit in all previous time with the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. It's a different it's a different league yeah. from where he was with Cleveland to you know to the Texas League or PCL. Um, but that was a, that, that's that's a we're glad to have him up. In the yeah, he also, looking at his numbers, he got off to a really bad start in Columbus. Um, again, Columbus is one of those cities that has really bad weather, and so perhaps in April, May, when it's still cold, he's, he's not producing, not to make excuses for him. Right. But if you looked at his numbers in, 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 in Columbus, they were pretty pedestrian. I think he slugged something like 420, 430. No, nothing to write home about. Um, I'm kind of curious how they're going to use him kind of going forward, because in 2018, obviously, um, 
he's going to split time with Hedges, it seems yeah. like. Um, I don't think they brought him up to sit on the bench and just be a pinch hitter. Um, so I think he's going to probably take some time from Hedges and probably take whatever starts A.J. Ellis with Vulture. Um, from there, you know, he has experience in the outfield. I know there was kind of that debate where Cleveland wanted to move him to the outfield. Um, to get him in third base. To, to get his bat in there. Lineup. He played third base in the Arizona Fall League last year, which – um, you know, the reports I heard were not glowing. <laughs> um, so, and that's I mean, a, you know, and that's, and that, he's a catcher. So he, right. he's been with the Padres as a catcher. We'll I see think, how that goes. And I think it makes it interesting. So, and the affiliates now, uh, starting with El Paso and, you know, Francisco Mejia got picked up, uh, sent him to the big league club, but, you know, he has six home runs. He's hitting 301, 341 with a 540 slash line. Um, and just tearing it up. You know, Logan Allen has, in his first four starts with AAA, Logan Allen gave up a total of two earned runs in 22 innings for a .82 ERA with a 21 to 11 strikeout to base on ball ratio. Saturday, he appeared to struggle with his command, needing 102 pitches to throw five and two thirds. Uh, that line is five and two thirds, five hits, three earned runs, woof, and two base on balls, three earned runs. And that's a bad outing for, for Logan Allen. Yeah, Logan Allen. Um, the ERA, I think, is a little bit. Uh, if you look at his secondary stance, he's had a little bit of, of luck yeah. to get that ERA. But the fact that he's been able to put that line together when he doesn't have his best stuff is pretty impressive. Yeah. Going on to Sunday, um, Francisco Mejia, and you know, this is why they brought him up, went four for five, added his third homer in four games. The switch hitter has been especially deadly from the right side, where he carries a 1.147 OPS. And Cal in that game, um, five innings pitch, six hits, one earned run, 3K with no base on balls. Key there, no base on balls. Yeah, I mean, the walks necessarily haven't been a problem for Quantrill, especially in the later, later part. I think the, the it's all about command for him. And command mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean I'm not walking, guys. It's fat, it's, it's command with a fastball. He got hit really hard at times in, in, uh, in San Antonio this year. Um, outside of one... Bad start in El, in, uh, in El Paso. He's been pretty good. Um, so his development as he gets further and further away from the Tommy John has been really, really, uh, Some really positive. Yeah. Very, very positive. Yeah, very positive. Absolutely. Um, moving on to the missions, uh, we just said this earlier, Buddy Reed sold his 50th base of the year uh, this last Saturday. Buddy Reed had his third straight multi-hit game and has pushed his batting average up 30 points. Now, I know you guys don't love the batting average. I'm old school. If he's hitting the ball and there's a batting average, I like it. Batting average, so it's one of those things that I obviously, like, I'm, you know, I'm 33, so I'm a lot older than a lot of these guys that are on Twitter, uh, but maybe not in that quote-unquote old guy range. Like me. Um, right. <laughs> I, I look at, yeah, I look at batting average as more of, like, is the guy making contact? Yeah. So, like, when you're in a situation where you're giving up 40% of your plate appearances – to strikeouts, which Buddy Reed has done over the last couple of weeks, yeah, your batting average is going to suck because now 40% of your outcome is strikeouts. So you yeah. have 60% left of that to make contact. You're going to get outs. So I think it's it's important for that sense to where, you know, hey, he's, if he's getting hits, it means he's not striking out. He's making contact. And so that's where it becomes important. Woohoo! That was the other team. No, we're in, we're in black. Are they? Yeah, it's El, it's El Paso. No, that's Fresno, bro. Ah, the Grizzlies. God, the Grizzlies just in their two-run shot. Anyways, moving on. Uh, last Friday. Dang it, this is what happens when you watch minor league baseball with a fuzzy screen because of the internet connection. Uh, that was Walter Lockett that just gave up that. 
game, you know, they just went ahead with a 7-5. Uh, that's a two-run shot. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, that, was, that might have actually been a three-run shot. Yeah, you, you could be right on that. Moving on, uh, this last Saturday, Buddy Reed had his third straight multi-hit game, blah, blah, blah. Friday, Buddy Reed launched his first homer for the missions, uh, and Austin Allen has 31st double of the season, which equals his career high from last season in Lake Elsinore. Remarkably consistent. Abs- Austin Allen at the plate. Absolutely. A- absolutely. His third, he's third in the Texas League in doubles and OPS with an 860. Uh, moving on to the Lake Elsinore Storm, this last we- uh, Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday, Pedro Avila set a season high with 11 strikeouts. It was his fifth time this year that he struck out double digits. He's posted a 4.08 ERA, and opponents are just hitting 247. But Avila averaged just under a strikeout an inning in the second half. His ERA jumped to 4.5, and opponents are hitting 295. And he's also struck out 73 and 60 innings. Kind of Pedro. I said this before in the episode. Pedro Avila is a Pedro Avila when Pedro Avila is being Pedro Avila, which means the inconsistency. Which yeah. like when he's on. 11 strikeouts is, 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 you know, the double strikeouts is awesome. Yeah, he had a game last year in Fort Wayne where he struck out, I think, 17 at the end of the year with, like, either one walk or no walk. So the guy obviously has the stuff to, to get the punch outs. I think in the Cal League, it's a more hitter-friendly environment. Yeah. And if you look at his numbers last year, he was in the Cal League versus this year. I think this year he definitely uh, made some improvements and some adjustments. Uh, but again, he's a guy that has never had a problem uh, striking people out. He's the gift that keeps on giving for Derek Norris. <laughs> Drop the Derek Norris reference on the Drop the Derek Norris reference, which we have in the past here on Friars on the Farm. But moving on to Friday, starter Nick Margovicius didn't allow a walk on the night, and his base, uh, K to base, uh, K to base on balls is uh, in 58 high innings is 59 8. Yeah, that was a long sentence. Sorry yeah. about that. that yeah, yeah. he's like, uh, it's pronounced Marja Vicious, I believe. I, I'm not sure. It's one that, like, yeah. Um, but, like, he's been real good this year with his command in Fort Wayne. He was tremendous. The thing that's interesting about him is if you look at his, his home road splits, um, in Lake Elsinore, he's been amazing. I think he's got an ERA under two. Uh, he's gotten hammered in a couple of starts in Lancaster, which, again, is – being that high desert is no no longer a thing. Uh, Lancaster is the worst pitcher's park in in, in the Cali. I think most people who follow this know that. And he's getting roughed up in a couple of those starts. So, uh, again, more encouraging signs from him as a guy, I believe, seventh-round pick yeah. uh, in 2016. Uh, so he can – or was it last year? I, I'm not sure. But, like, he, he's been great this year. It was last year, actually. At a writer, so at a New yeah. Jersey, New Jersey, so started in Tri Cities, made his mm-hmm. way up to uh, yeah. Fort Wayne. Now we started in Fort Wayne up to up to try up, up to Lake Elsinore. We just saw his last start, and it was that was uh, we were there for the start. Mm-hmm. He didn't hit. He hit eighty nine once. Yeah, he hit. He was steadily eighty eight, but that curveball and the changeup just kept. He kept throwing up his strikes, and they kept. It's either weak contact or it was, you know, it was a strikeout. And if you go to Mad Friars and kind of look in the archives a little bit more, if you're a subscriber, if you're not, you should. Uh, but uh, Travis did a really nice piece on him uh, when he was in Fort Wayne about kind of the cerebral side of what he does and um, the kind of way he attacks hitters and he visualizes a lot. And I think for a guy with intellect, it's always going to kind of appeal to me because he's going to have the ability to make the adjustments to kind of understand those things. Right. Um, so he's a guy, no, he's not going to maybe be an ace. He's not a, 
a dude that's going to light up the radar gun, but he knows how to pitch, and I think he's a guy that is going to continue to rise in the system. He'll probably be in double-A next year. Yeah, well, you got added the double-A roster for the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, so he'll, he'll definitely be in that missions rotation next year uh, with some other nice prospects. Maybe you'll see Reggie Lawson up there. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's – Definitely fun. He's definitely someone that you should have your eye on. And again, another guy that is a borderline top thirty prospect, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, and with him, I really comp him to Rich Hill. Rich Hill doesn't mm-hmm. overpower you with 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 uh, with flamethrower stuff, right. but the off speed stuff, the the secondary pitches and the third pitches are what really make that ninety mile an hour fastball look like it's ninety five. Right. Because he keeps throwing that off speed stuff for strikes. Anyways, moving on, Saturday, we went to this game as well. And thank you very much, Lake Arsenal Storm, for the hospitality that you showed me and my wife. Um, Did you try the all you can eat KFC? No, but we drove by it. I almost took a picture and sent it to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one of those things where we talk about uh, good decisions and bad decisions. <laughs> and I've made some bad decisions in my life. We that all have. Probably one of them. But it's one of those things where when you see a unicorn, you got to kind of approach it. True. <laughs> when you see KFC and Buffet, I'm like, my wife did. She's like, hey, do you want to hit it up? I'm like, no, I wanted to get to the game early. Maybe if I can do I some. I don't want to go in a coronary, you know, <laughs> and have a coronary uh, before I'm going to watch a baseball game. It's very strange if you ever. I'm going to give you kind of a food review real quick. Um, they have cheese enchiladas at the KFC buffet. Um, and it's very weird because they don't have the mac and cheese out, which is like my favorite KFC side if uh, I'm going to pick them. But they had fettuccine Alfredo, and they have these little like they look like little mini uh, chimichangas. Interesting. Uh, so very very diverse thing, and they have a salad bar for all you health conscious people there. So well, maybe we'll have you know as we move along here at Friars on the Farm, maybe we'll have a. Food segment with minor league ballparks. Yeah, I mean John is uh, does that when he goes to like Fort Wayne and stuff. So there's not really a place around Ellsworth that I'm aware of. It's just chain restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So it's either that. Or I usually hit my my uh, kind of itinerary when I when I go to Elsinore is to uh, get up there early and then when I leave on my way back to San Diego I go hit up that In and Out. Yeah, we hit up the In and Out. Scarf my face I, double doubles. We we I, I I watch people vape in the parking lot. <laughs> Um, anyways, moving on. Keep on with that Saturday start. Um, Ronald Bolanos, five innings pitch, four hits, a run. It was earned. One base on ball, four Ks. I, you know, he's got the stuff there, and it's still, it's a high A. There's a lot of development that needs to be going on there. But you know, I, I like his stuff. It's it's there. It's just they have to be consistent. Yeah, when I I've seen him twice this year, um, and his fastball to me. Both times I saw him wasn't overly impressive. Uh, the radar gun had him 89, anywhere from 89 to 95, and more on the 89-90 range. <laughs> he throws this really slow curveball that almost looks like an EFIS pitch, um, but it's in the like 60s, and it's just this loopy, breaky ball. And it has really good, really good movement on it. I mean, he's able to throw that and command that for a strike, but um, the fastball was getting left up a lot. He was getting hit pretty mm. hard. Um, one of the guys they invested a lot of money on in the uh, J two signing J two class 2016, and so far the return on him hasn't been great. But he's definitely had stretches where he's looked like a pretty good pitcher, and I've also seen a couple of outings where he's just been been a little been a little rough. But, right, right. Um, that's to be expected with some of these guys, but 
You can see why the Padres had interest in him. I mean, that yeah. curveball definitely looks like it could be something. And if it's a mechanics issue, maybe if maybe they, I'm not a scout. I just play one on the internet. So. Right. <laughs> and I just play one on a podcast. Um, Edward Oliveira's in that night and had two more hits, including his 25th double. He uh, he finished the season hitting 300, 349, and 467 in the second half after posting a 257, 298, and a 401 line in the first. So it's good to see him kind of turn it on in that second. Yeah, half. and he's another 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 player that's really young. I think he's 21. The, obviously, the only piece that they have in the organization remaining for the Solar Day trade, and they cut the other guy. Um, showed some more power in the second half, which I think was kind of the appeal that he had when they acquired him. Because if you look at the Padres' depth chart in the minor leagues, we'll call it, they sorely lack outfielders with power. Yeah. Um, him and... I, I, if you want to call Josh Naylor an outfielder, cool. Um, but there's not a whole lot. But he, he definitely turned it on the second half. Uh, a, a guy I've seen four or five games yeah. in this year. Um, he looked pretty good in the second half. The first half, he was just kind of flailing at balls. Wasn't really hitting the ball with much authority. Um, plays a pretty good outfield. Uh, but I, I, another guy that they're going to have to make. I, I feel like this is I'm beating a dead horse at this point. But another guy they're going to have to look at the four, at the forty, 40 man roster. Man. I don't think they're going to add him personally because I just I don't think any team I don't think a team can stash him on the roster for the whole year. But right, right. Another nice piece that hopefully they can retain in the uh, this off season. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to move on to Fort Wayne now. Uh, this episode is kind of getting a little long in the tooth. And I know you have a family to get back to, so <laughs> moving on. Um, this last Saturday, Henry Henry went seven innings for the second time this season up in Fort Wayne. Saturday, he threw seventy nine pitches to go seven for the seven innings. Um, he has shifted to throwing from the stretch all the time, simplifying some of the mechanics he was struggling with in the first set with the tune caps. Um, four hits, two runs, base on ball, and a K. It's good to see to make those adjustments. Yeah, um, he was there's. There's no lack of a. There's no other word than terrible is what he was in Fort Wayne yeah. in the first month. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of players pitch in that cold weather, and Fort Wayne weather-wise this year was especially brutal. Um, so when you're pitching, you're from the Dominican. I believe that's where he's from. It's yeah. a tropical climate. You go into Fort Wayne in April, and it's 35 degrees, and you're pitching in that stuff. Um, it's definitely an adjustment. He. Obviously, had something mechanically wrong yeah. with him because of the walks. That's never really been who he's been. Um, and I think he, I want to say like 12 walks in like four innings or something crazy like that. It was it was pretty it, bad. It was I, bad. I, I was and really so, excited to see him in the beginning yeah, of the season. And, and he went back to the Northwest League, made another all-star team, and uh, I think is squarely back into the, the spot where you can say, okay, maybe he's a guy to watch in the rotation going forward. Yeah. Moving on, that uh, in that same game, Gabriel Arias, who's been on an absolute tear, went three for five with Aubrey on his stolen base. Augustin Ruiz, a name that we talked about, and we talked about Henry uh, Henry mm-hmm. with uh, Chris King, but another name to be mindful of, Austin Ruiz went two for five with two doubles and two RBIs. Another kind of a obscure guy that was in the AZL this year, had some good numbers, brought him up. Have not had a chance to get a set of eyeballs on him, but... I would imagine he's another guy that could be a candidate to pitch in that uh, that prospect game coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, and Esme Ruiz had swiped three bags to give him the lead, leading 40, God, 48 bags. Most of those were the Tim Cat. Uh, he's most stolen since Malik Smith, who's playing yeah. for the Rays now. Yeah, Ruiz is another interesting guy that they have in their system. Uh, the, the funny thing is when he was acquired by the, the Padres in that 
the Brandon Maurer trade last right, summer. Right, the Royals trade. Um, I think it was Eric Longenhang in a Fangraphs. The first uh, like scouting report that I read on him was that he was like a forty runner. Um, obviously, if you're uh, that, maybe was a little wrong. Yeah, because he's still in bases now. Maybe he's not. From what I've understood, it's more about approach and the actual skill of, of base running than, right. than actual speed. He's probably more of like a sixty guy, above average, but not like plus plus necessarily. Um, Strikes out a ton, but you can see the ability in his bat. He, the way he swings, man. He again, not to get into comps, but reminds me so much of Alfonso Soriano. Really, um, just not necessarily. Obviously, who knows what he's going to be? But if you look at his his swing mechanics, and it's just very similar. And he has legitimate power. And he's got he's got to work at second base. He's not yeah. great defensively yet. Still very young and another guy that should be a candidate for the Lake Elsinore roster next year. Um, it would be really fun to see him and Arias up there next year, maybe with Owen Miller kind of moving around a little bit if he's not in double A. Um, again, the Storm should be really fun to watch next year. And and that that rotation should be really fun. That rotation is going to be filthy. Yeah. And as for Ruiz, that with that comp, um, God, does he swing a four pound bat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like it's. That used to be. But, um, yeah. The uh, Alfonso Soriano is swinging a forty-eight ounce bat, just a just like freaking piece of lumber. Um, moving on to last Sunday, Ryan Weathers uh, made his third start with the club, turned in three innings and one run ball. The eighteen-year-old lefty has struck out nine with only one walk and nine Midwest League innings. He has been impressive mm-hmm. for what little time he had. You know, going straight from AZL into um, full season ball. Which was, you know, we agree it's pretty aggressive. It's extremely aggressive, especially that Mackenzie Gore just made AZL hitters last year look like mush and was left there the entire summer. I made the assumption he's going to be there the whole summer. Yeah. Um, he's another interesting player because when they drafted him, I think the industry-wide opinion was that the Potters were going to take Matthew Libertor in that spot. I was kind of hoping one of those college bats would fall um, just because I – you know, like a Jonathan India or an Alex, Alec Baum. Weathers seemed at the time like, okay, this is a, a dude they're going to sign because yeah. he signed, he's more signable. It, they flat out just liked him. And yeah. they gave him the full slot, which tells you it wasn't about necessarily saving money because obviously they didn't. Um, but he's been really impressive. I mean, again, when you look at his, his secondary stats, I think it was at nine walks and – or nine strikeouts to one walk. Yeah, in his limited innings. Um, don't know if he's going to throw an instructs, but I would imagine he'll probably maybe get another outing this year in the playoffs. Maybe they'll put him in the bullpen. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I wouldn't be surprised if they. Well, they're, he's not. They're not even in the playoffs. What am I talking? Yeah, about? no, they just missed them, right. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a faux pas on my part. That's no, all right. But maybe he goes out there and instructs and throws another five or ten innings. Just I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. he maybe wouldn't be. The, the showcase. I wouldn't be surprised if he started. I would game. love to see him. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, move on. Here's another player. Uh, this last Monday, Tom Cosgrove is just, he's just gone under the radar. Yep. Pitched well. Yep. Allowed one earned run in seven innings, walked one, striking out seven. Cosgrove led the Tin Caps this season, uh, this season in innings pitched. Is 3.71 ERA, finished seventh in the Midwest League. He's 22 year olds from New York. Also finished sixth in the circuit with 122 strikeouts. Yeah, another another good arm they have in the system that was kind of unheralded coming into this year. Yeah, uh, believe he's another guy from an East Coast school, so 
Um, the Padres are finding left-handed left-handed pitching out of those little things. Um, yeah, not a guy I have a whole lot of notes on, but when you go through the whole season, and he was kind of a almost like a forgotten guy. I felt like he was like their sixth or seventh starter this year, where he would come in and kind of fill in, right? You know, for guys that were either promoted or on the DL, he'd make spot starts, and you know, the last game they had of the season, which was kind of for all the marbles, so to speak. Uh, went out there in seven seven innings, gave him one run. Yeah, uh, and that was this game too. He, that, that was this if game. They winning. added some offense. He's a winner and looks real great. Yeah, Anthony uh, Ruiz had three singles in that game. So his forty ninth bag of the year. That's one of the things about doing putting this together. I put this agenda together in like ten minutes. So you had forty eight in one section. Now you have forty nine. He ended up. With, it was forty nine. Yes, forty nine. We were hoping for fifty. He didn't get that. Let's round it up. He stole fifty bases. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with two more hits on the day, uh, Jackson Whiskey finished the year with a 255, 324, and 408 line. Barting, it, God, he just bought him down at the beginning of the season 202, 274, and 326 on July 30th. And as a guy that's, I think, put himself back on the prospect rare, um, he, he's young too. He's, he's young, yeah. He was a. Maybe 19, maybe 20? I believe he just turned 20. He's a, from Chicago. And so was a. Uh, Signed an above slot bonus after the eleventh round. I can't remember exactly which round he got drafted in the top of my head, but uh, um, he hit like six home runs, I think, in August. So he really stepped up, stepped up his game because he kind of was having almost the same stats he had last year. Um, he was victimized a little bit by Babbitt early on, but he turned it on in August. Was starting to show some power. He's got a nice left-handed stroke. I know the organization going into last year, he started the Padres futures game in left field, yeah. and the organization's. Always been high on him, and you know the Padres have done a really nice job of scouting the Midwest and finding talent there, and so should be part of that Lake Elsinore outfield in 2019. Yes, Lake Elsinore is going to be once again. This is going to be lit next year. Let's move on and finish up with Tri Cities uh, catcher Allison Quintero had a pair of hits in the Dust Devils' loss after struggling through injuries in the DSL last year. Quintero had a nice campaign in the Arizona League, hitting 288. 349 and 353 with nine doubles and just 24 strikeouts and 149 plate appearances. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. He was a part of the never ending chain. Yeah, a, he was never the guy, ending. one of the guys that got a, I want to say signed for about 800,000, somewhere in that range. Okay, all right. Um, he got decently paid. Uh, don't quote me on that amount, but it was a good amount. Um, but yeah, he, he had an awful year in the DSL last year, didn't do a whole lot. Um, he was one of the few guys that was. A bigger prospect that was left in the in the uh, in the in the Dominican League. Um, a lot of those guys, like the Yordi Barleys, Luis Almanzars, those guys started stateside. Gabriarius, another one. They left Quintero in the DSL. He struggled. Um, anything below Fort Wayne, in my opinion, any stats you have, throw it out the window. But right. it's obviously encouraging that he came out and had a three fifty on base percentage, was making solid contact. Um, so he's a candidate that. Could start that Futures game coming up here. Yeah, well, and the thing about him is I followed him on Instagram. It seemed like three years ago. <laughs> it seemed yeah. like three years ago, and I'm like, where is this guy? You know, this is before I saw the Dia, uh, the, the Dominican roster or even the uh, the AZL roster. I'm like, where is this guy in the system? All of a sudden, he pops up. I'm like, oh, there he is. But, you know, I'd see him with pictures of him in, in, in the in the clubhouse with Padres gear on. I'm like, where in the hell is this guy? Um, in that same game, first baseman Justin Paulson had a pair of hits, including his fifth homer of the year. Paulson's five homers were just one behind first baseman Luis Asuncion. Uh, for the team lead in Tri-Cities. 
Yeah, he he platooned a little bit with Luis Asuncion, um, was a guy I drafted last year, uh, I believe out of Missouri, somewhere, a school in Missouri, I believe. I think he was a 38th, 39th round pick, so he was pretty down there. Pretty down there. Third day. Um, so he's a real interesting guy because five home runs, while you look at that on the surface, it's not that impressive. I mean... Tri-City is typically not a team that has a ton of home runs because of their stadium. So some power from the with a left-handed swinging first baseman. Um, should be a candidate next year for, for Fort Wayne. Um, the five home runs seem intriguing. The, the rest of the numbers aren't great, but... You know, again, I personally believe any numbers below Fort Wayne, you got you got to kind of take with a grain of salt, right? And we and we talk about that here on Friars on the Farm about the numbers. We don't scout the 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 stat line, but we know we like our players to do well wherever they are. Absolutely. And um, you know, one of the things that Chris King talked about in the interview there was like if you hit a home run out of out of Giza Stadium, it's like her You've earned it. You've earned it. So five homers no out of cheap, no cheap home runs there. It's, it's five home runs in, but trying to get to like fifteen to twenty in Fort Wayne. Yeah, um, that's my comp, but that's it. Well, that you know that really rounds up uh, all the affiliates. That rounds up this episode. Um, Kevin, thank you, dude, so much for coming on board and yeah, and uh, filling in for Roy, who is now part of the Married Club. Um, you did great, man. I, I love the insight. I love having you here. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely going to be able to have you come on instead of maybe interview you from from the phone or whatever. We'll have you just come to the house and, and do an interview with us there. Yeah, anytime. But you can meet. You can you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan, and you can find Kevin at uh, Kevin underscore Charity. Yes, and once again, that we'll figure something out with the uh, with the audio with um, with the interview for Chris King, and we really want to thank Chris King for coming on and spending that time with us and giving us some really great insight on the players in Tri Cities. And that is it, and go Padres. Doop.